And I'd like to welcome Rabbi Stuart Weinblatt to the Rabbi's Neighborhood. Rabbi Stuart Weinblatt is the founding rabbi of congregation B'nai Tzedek in Potomac, Maryland, a vibrant 600-member conservative synagogue, which he founded in 1988 with a handful of families. Rabbi Weinblatt recently founded the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition, a broad-based grassroots coalition of rabbis, of which I am proud to be a part. He has served as president of the rabbinic cabinet of JFNA, the Jewish National Fund's Rabbis for Israel, and has chaired two national rabbinical assembly conventions. Rabbi Weinblatt has been recognized by the forward as one of the most inspiring rabbis in America, and was voted best rabbi in Washington by readers of the Washington Jewish Week numerous times. As a student at the University of Maryland, he helped establish the Jewish Studies Program and represented the student body to the Maryland state government, a gifted teacher and speaker who is known for integrating humor in his presentations. He's the author of God, Prayer, and Spirituality, and Living in the Shadow of Death, A Rabbi Copes with Cancer, as well as numerous articles and columns. If you'd like to learn more about the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition, please visit the website zionistrabbis.org. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Rabbi's Neighborhood, Rabbi Stuart Weinblatt. My pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Well, uh, we have a lot to talk about. And um, uh, you, received, you emailed me I think it was the same day that Roz Rothstein emailed me. It was, it was during the pandemic, I believe, or right before the pandemic, um, to please join this group, um, uh, the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition. I looked at the website and it, it listed as its members, uh, Rabbi Stuart Weinblatt, Rabbi David Wolpe, Rabbi Asher Lepatin, and I said, I'm in. I didn't need to read very much more than that. Um, so uh, why don't we begin by talking about what we're here to talk about. Um, what is the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition and how did it come to be? Um, the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition is a broad-based, multi-denominational, non-denominational, trans-denominational, whatever term you want to use, post-denominational organization of rabbis who are committed to um, working constructively and positively with Israel um, and to promote Jewish unity, Jewish peoplehood. It's basically as simple as that. Um, unfortunately, we find that there are that, that, that with the growing gap that is discussed or, or the gap that exists between Jews in the diaspora and Jews in Israel, um, as I look at it, rabbis have one of three choices. We can either contribute to it, contribute to that gap by being harsh, vocal, um, and public critics of Israel. We can do nothing, or we can try and work to mend and to close and to bridge that gap. Zionist Rabbinic Coalition is all about that latter uh, of the three. And I'm just going to read a brief statement, a brief portion of the rabbi's statement Please. that I signed along with all of the other members of the coalition. Um, and this is just a section of the letter. Uh, Regardless of why we chose to become rabbis, a unifying essential underlying fundamental principle we all share is Ahavat Yisrael, love of the Jewish people. As rabbis living outside of the land of Israel, we have strong ties to Israel and recognize that it is central to Judaism. Furthermore, we affirm that we are one people. We feel privileged to live in a time when the state of Israel exists and has been a safe harbor and place of refuge for Jews seeking freedom and fleeing from persecution. Above all, it is the expression of our identity as a nation and people, a wellspring of Jewish creativity and self-determination where the Hebrew language has been reborn and the Jewish religion and culture thrives. We are proud Zionists. 
It was perhaps the easiest thing I've ever signed on to in my life. So explain to me why there aren't thousands and thousands of members, rabbis in America signed on to this letter. How, how, well, let's start here. How many rabbis have signed on to the letter? Let me go back, take a step back, if I may. And sure. the letter that you just read, uh, uh, an excerpt from it, um, was a response, just to put it out there and, and, and let everyone know, it was most definitely a response to the um, letter of 90 rabbinic students who, during the crisis, as missiles were falling on Israel, um, had the chutzpah uh, to uh, uh, be critical of Israel um, and, and not to express any words of support or solidarity with Israel. Um, and uh, 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 at, a, at a time when, when Hamas was indiscriminately uh, attacking Israel. So, um, and that letter got so much publicity, I felt it was right. incumbent upon us to do something. And so this letter was circulated um, and uh, we had, uh, it's called a rabbinic letter of support for Israel because we wanted to counter exactly what they were saying. Um, it was signed by over 600. Um, and uh, um, so it unfortunately did not get the, the, the attention that the initial letter got because that's the, what is it, the uh, man bites dog story or something like that, or, or, or to be perfectly honest, there seems to be a, a predilection within the current um, um, atmosphere with, of, of the media to try and find these kinds of stories. Um, someone just reminded me that uh, uh, about 15 years ago or, or so that Jack Wertheimer spoke about the fact that uh, uh, so many media press reports try and talk about the disillusionment of American Jews with Israel. Um, and yet the reality is that in a few study uh, surveys and others, it's over 90% of American Jews are supportive of Israel. One of the problems, uh, Nolan, is that, that I think rabbis are missing the boat on some of these, these issues and are, are, are misreading their constituency, our, our, our members, the Amcha, the Jewish people, um, and aren't realizing the importance to so many of us of, of uh, supporting and, and, and being a part of, and not apart from what's happening in Israel. Um, I know how much time you spend on the phone, calling rabbis, talking to rabbis about Israel, encouraging rabbis to be more vocal about Israel. Um, and there must have been conversations. All, all of us who are in this world remember that letter that was written by those rabbinical students that was published in the foreword and then was picked up by other publications. Um, uh, that was uh, so harshly critical of Israel during the during the war with Hamas. Um, what did rabbis say who didn't want to sign this letter? What, were, what was their rationale for not wanting to sign the letter? Because I'm sure that you had some of those conversations as well. It's interesting. There was a, a, there was a rabbi who had originally signed the letter and then called me afterwards and asked to be have his name taken off of the letter. Um, and it's somebody who was uh, uh, an officer with J Street, um, the J Street Rabbinic Cabinet. And I responded and I said, you know, um, if anything, that would be great if you sign this letter, it would show that J Street supports Israel. Um, and he kind, kind of tersely responded, of course we support Israel. Right. Um, and, and yet, by the way, I, I think you have to look long and hard to find a J Street statement in support of Israel. Um, mm -hmm. You'll find plenty critical of Israel. You'll find plenty supportive of the PA. You won't find very much from J Street that is in fact supportive of Israel. And right. so um, uh, at any rate, he was concerned about how that might be perceived. Um, I think really, to be perfectly honest, it's, it's just a matter of, of light power and manpower in terms of being able to, or people power, uh, to be able to get out the message 
and uh, to try and spread it. We are in the nascent stages of this coalition, which was just formed within the past year or so. Um, and so we're trying to expand our reach. Um, so many of the rabbis who have joined uh, our coalition have said um, that they appreciate uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, means in which we're going about this and the voice that we are bringing to the table. Um, and that unfortunately some of our national movements are not necessarily um, going to, uh, in this kind of a of, of way of, of emphasizing the unity and of the association that we have with uh, uh, Medina Israel, the state of Israel. So I've attended uh, a meeting over the summer uh, uh, that was on Zoom. And there were many, many members of the ZRC that were part of it. And the thing that I was struck by was how there were rabbis who were, let's say, you know, more orthodox, more conservative, more reform. I don't think any of us can be just dropped in that bucket at this point and say that's that defines how we are a rabbinate. Um, but there, there were people from across the spectrum, and the conversation was very productive and very civil and very uh, agreeable on 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 Israel. And in so many ways, I I came to the conversation ready for ready for uh, uh, arguments and 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 come you know and, and bickering because. I don't, that's, that's kind of what I expect when I come to rabbinic meetings. But, uh, but when I got there, it felt like Israel could be the source of so much agreement uh, as, opposed to this, as opposed to this kind of wedge issue. But I feel like that's the way most rabbis see it. Most rabbis see Israel as kind of an issue that can only bring them surus, as opposed to the issue that ultimately can help unify the Jewish people. I can't tell you, Nolan, how, how frequently it is um, that I will uh, um, speak and or a certain sermon that I, I give is, is, is circulated, um, talking about the importance of uh, understanding what's happening in Israel and being supportive of it. And I get responses from people saying, I wish my rabbi would speak like this as well. That's what I was referring to when I said in terms of rabbis misreading where our, our, our people are. So many of us uh, who are rabbis feel that, that it's incumbent upon us to be uh, critics, and there is that part aspect to being a rabbi. But you know, one of the things that I think is so important is we, of all people, should certainly understand what Judaism teaches us about something called tochacha. Tochacha is when you want to rebuke or reproach someone for having done something wrong, and there are very, very extensive uh, comments about this in, in in Jewish law about how you do it. Nowhere does it say it's done publicly. So if I, for example, don't uh, happen to like your uh, sport coat, which I do like, by the way, but if I didn't, I wouldn't say publicly in this kind of a forum. I would have to be, according to Jewish halakha, I would be required to say it to you privately in a way which doesn't bring shame upon myself and, and which doesn't bring a sin upon myself for the sin of publicly rebuking another person. It's somehow, when it comes to Israel, Rabbis consider themselves to be experts on security issues, to know better than the people of Israel who elect democratically elect a government to represent them as to what Israel's policies should be. And not only that, but, it, but also feel the uh, um, uh, um, necessity to go and to publicly express these, these positions. What they don't realize is, and one of the things I've said to, to some of our colleagues is that when we are critical of Israel, that will not, and, and give a sermon or write an article, it's not necessarily gonna change Israel or Israeli policy, but it will have an impact upon the hearts and the minds of those who hear that message. And those are people who are in the pews. Those are our American Jews. So when we talk about if there is, to the extent that there is a gap between Israel and the United States, 
to a large extent, rabbis are responsible for that and have been contributing to it. And our Zionist rabbinic coalition is out there to say, no, we believe that Zolo Haderuch, this is not the way. And one other thing I want to mention, and that is that a number of interesting, uh, uh, it's almost become the default position of many young rabbis, many uh, uh, rabbinic students, to assume that one has to be critical of Israel. And what we're trying to say, it, because we've heard from a number of, of individuals who are early in their career and or are in rabbinical school, who say they almost feel intimidated <clears throat> and afraid to express a pro-Israel position. That's what things have come to. So we are trying to counter that as well and to try and say these are rabbis who are in the field who have uh, uh, worked with congregations and that we believe in the importance and the centrality of Israel as part of this concept of Jewish peoplehood. And if we truly want to uh, uh, be uh, uh, um, rabbis, then we should be advocates for Jewish life. We should be advocates for mitzvot and we should also be advocates for Jewish peoplehood, which means advocating for the state of Israel. I think there's a false scoreboard that rabbis think that or, or a false game that we're involved in, um, whereby we get points for media coverage, where rabbis think that they, by, by, by having an article in the New York Times, by having an op-ed or by, having a, by being covered in the LA Times or whatever it might be, um, that that makes them a quote unquote, more important, more influential rabbi. Those media outlets are not looking to print the article, Rabbi Supports Israel, because that's not surprising to anybody. And that's not actually a story or that shouldn't be a story. Um, but when rabbis sign a letter urging Congress to stop funding Israel, or when rabbis support you know, uh, uh, legislation or encourage uh, this country to, to, to separate, that's when they get the coverage that they want. Um, and, and, uh, and they don't see the effect, I don't think, of what that does actually to the, to the, to the long trajectory of the Jewish people. Um, when you think of the ZRC and what it can accomplish, let's say, over the next 10 or 15 years in terms of the long trajectory, what's the goal? Um, before I answer that specifically, I just wanted to digress for one moment and say um, that being here in the greater Washington area, uh, I have the uh, opportunity to, to uh, know a number of members of, uh, of Congress and to be on the Hill occasionally. And I hear from some, some uh, individuals things such as, well, we've heard a message from the Jewish community, uh, be it from APAC, be it from the American Jewish Community, the Conference of Presidents, wherever. But we also uh, were approached by so-and-so and that there are other organizations. So part of it is to dilute our message. Part of it is to diminish the effectiveness of the unified Jewish community. And in fact, that may be what they're trying to do. I'm referring to groups such as, uh, if, if not now, such as the so-called Jewish Voices for Peace. Uh, and, and also uh, J Street, when it has been uh, uh, um, critical and has taken positions, not supportive of uh, funding Iron Dome or things like that as well, and supportive of candidates or not. So it does have a tremendous impact. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Uh, and, and I don't think, it's, it, I don't think it, 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 it's, um, it, it benefits our people. Um, in that regard, um, there was a time when uh, uh, someone running for office knew if they were going to speak before a Jewish group, what their talking points were. And among the talking points had to be something about support for Israel. That's not necessarily the case anymore, because some of these uh, uh, organizations have now, have now given cover by virtue of their support for these other voices critical. Now, 
I want to say our, our goal is not necessarily uh, political, although everything kind of flows together. Um, but having said that, our goal it, it, to answer your question is really to, to bring together rabbis, to show that there is rabbinic support for Israel at this point. There are, uh, uh, um, it's not, it can't be assumed. And so we hope to, to grow our organization, our coalition, which as you pointed out, goes across all political as well as denominational lines. Um, and to be able to be that voice of um, the American Jewish rabbinate to Israel. We had a meeting when I was in Israel with the 21 rabbis from our coalition, just prior to our formation of our coalition, um, with the uh, uh, leader of the opposition, uh, with the prime minister, um, with members of government, and, and, and had tremendous access while we were there. Um, we've had meetings with Israel's ambassador, both in person and now in the Zoom world, uh, uh, virtually. Um, and we've had a chance to be able to express some of the issues that are of concern to, to American Jews and the American rabbinate. But again, it goes back to what I said before. We were able to express those in a positive way, in a constructive way, in a way in which we're not taking out an ad or a statement in the New York Times critical of Israel. And then the next day saying, gee, I don't understand why they won't listen to us. Um, somebody, you have to have a little bit of seichel sometimes, a common sense as to how to go about uh, these issues. So I see us as, a, as, as definitely on a trajectory where we continue to grow, continue to be more effective, continue to try and reach students who are studying to become rabbis um, and to uh, convey the importance of this approach. You know, the, the, the program, The Rabbi's Neighborhood, is made specifically for the Adat Shalom community. Um, I have to erase my mug and every time contractually I mentioned Adat Shalom, but also the greater Los Angeles community and the greater Jewish community at large. There are rabbis I know who watch this program, but um, by and large, it's lay people, um, uh, normal Jewish civilians. If they would like to support the Zionist rabbinic coalition, how do they become involved? How do they help support this, this tremendous effort? So I say a couple of things. First of all, um, we do. We don't have a George Soros backing us. Uh, for that matter, uh, nor do we have anybody from the Adelson family backing us. We have, at this point, really just uh, the budget that we've uh, from our uh, rabbis who are members uh, and individuals who have made some contributions and foundations who are beginning to find out about what we're doing. So we would welcome uh, uh, contributions, which would then allow us to be able to get our message out. The letter that we referred to, and that you read at the very beginning. If we had the funds, we would have published that as a full page ad in a major publication. Um, so that's why we really do need to be able to uh, uh, raise more funds to be able to amplify our voice. Um, so our website design is rabbis.org. Um, if it's not uh, working because there was a little bit of technical glitch the other day, please do feel free to uh, come back again and or to be in touch with Rabbi Leibowitz or, or myself. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, at the, at the risk, perhaps, of, of uh, uh, going out on a limb a little bit, um, I, I think it's helpful when congregants speak to the rabbis um, to, to let them know uh, that, that uh, when, when they're not upset. I, I was recently in a, in a webinar with, with, with a, a colleague who said, if I, if, 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 if I said to my congregation what I really feel about Israel, I wouldn't have a job. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what, you probably shouldn't. Um, if, if, if someone is going to be that harshly upset, that harshly critical of Israel, why are they serving the Jewish people? What, what, in other words, let them be an advocate for social justice. Let them be an advocate for the causes they believe in. But if we have the title rabbi, I believe part of that comes with being, as I said before, lovers of Israel, 
and of, of, of supporters of Israel, and I mean Israel in the broadest sense of the word, both the state of Israel and Am Yisrael, the people, uh, the, the Jewish people uh, writ large. So in that context, I do think that it's appropriate for congregants, people in, 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 in the Jews in the pews, to, to let their rabbis know um, when they are uh, uh, harshly critical of Israel, um, how they feel about that, um, and that uh, uh, the kind of message they, they believe that should be shared. You know, uh, somebody was talking with another colleague the other day about uh, uh, the, the, the messages that we share. And he said, you know, uh, this was a colleague who's a little bit older. He says, you know what? I want young people to hear what it is that, that, that I'm saying, because after all, our young people also do need to hear this. Um, there's a other myth has developed, which is that people in their 20s and their 30s uh, want to be a, a, a critical of Israel. It's not necessarily the case. Um, many of them are looking to understand and that's one of the important roles that we have. So, for example, uh, on the high holidays, I did give a sermon and I did speak strongly about Israel and about the critics within and the, the problems that we have. That there was a time when our, all of our uh, attacks upon Jews would come from outside the community. But we do have to be very uh, uh, cautious these days, um, even within the community, of these comments which are detrimental uh, to, to, to us. There were the true, uh, 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 the rabbis for human rights and a coalition of other progressive Jewish organizations came out uh, uh, prior to the Gaza war, so somewhere in uh, February or so, <coughs> with statements um, indicating they were not supportive of the IHRA, the International Holocaust Definition of Anti-Semitism. And they thought, and the reform movement also said this, that it should not be adopted as, as a policy of the United States uh, government, even though it's been adopted by many colleges and universities and nations across the world. And, and even I think that I was just reading one of the, uh, the in the European Union, some of the, the soccer league is, is adopting it as well. It's an important critical to, tool. But one of the reasons why they objected to it was because in addition in defining anti-Semitism, it also had a clause in there that talked about uh, uh, saying criticism of Israel is not anti-Semitic. But there are as times when criticism of Israel does cross that line and is anti-Semitic and is delegitimization of the state of Israel, is demonization of the state of Israel, um, the three Ds that, that Sharansky has spoken of and written about. And so in that context there, um, uh, uh, I, I wrote an article, and I mentioned in my, my high holiday sermon, uh, to, to reject this definition of anti-Semitism at a time when anti-Semitism is raging throughout the world, at a time when we have in Los Angeles, your own community, where people were uh, uh, attacked in a sushi restaurant, in Manhattan, in the, uh, 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 the heart of, 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 of one of the city with the largest Jewish population, uh, uh, there, there, there were attacks, as well as in Europe and elsewhere. And so while this is going on to try and say, well, because it mentions something about crossing that line about Israel, we, we reject this definition. I said, it's kind of like somebody who is drowning in the middle of the ocean and they're thrown a life raft and the person says you know what i object to the uh, small print on the inside of the life raft so i'm not going to use it this is a tool that we need to have to help to at this point uh, uh, let people know that anti-semitism is not acceptable that there are aspects of anti-zionism or, or criticism anti-israelism which may be acceptable but there are times when it goes beyond the pale one of the things that's been most effective uh, from those critics of Israel is to claim that um, they are shut down, 
is to claim that they don't have an opportunity to criticize Israel, is to claim that the organized Jewish community doesn't tolerate or listen to what they have. Well, so far, they've done a pretty good job. They have access to the New York Times, the LA Times, the uh, uh, um, uh, Atlantic Magazine. I mean, certainly, there's no uh, uh, absence of critique and criticism of Israel. And the last thing that we Jews need to be worried about is that there's not enough of that. There's plenty. Don't worry. There's plenty, whether it's amongst ourselves or from others. And so I, I think all of this is kind of um, one of the messages I have to say is that, that it, it's all kind of meshed together. You know, one of the things we learned from the uh, conflict this past year uh, it, with, with, with Hamas and the war, that, the, the 11 day war, if it can be called a war, but the 11 day conflict with Hamas um, in, in, in Gaza is that what happens in, uh, unlike Vegas, what happens in Israel and the Middle East doesn't stay there. It does permeate and go beyond there. And that was the reason for some of these anti for these attacks, unwarranted attacks on Jews in so many different places. When Russia invaded Ukraine, there weren't um, uh, uh, demonstrations outside of Russian Orthodox churches in America. Um, there weren't all of a sudden, a, there wasn't all of a sudden a need for increased security at Russian Orthodox churches. But when this happened in Israel, um, there was a need for greater security, I don't know about your synagogue, but greater security in many synagogues throughout the United States and around the world. So it shows that there is this convergence in the minds of many between the two. And what we're trying to say, again, through the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition, is that there is justification for um, our, our love of Israel and our support for Israel. And there's so much information out there that is either incorrect and or that is denigrating and, 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 and harmful to Israel. If we, we have a responsibility when it is incorrect to correct it um, and to get them a different message out, which would help to uh, clarify things in people's minds. I, I couldn't agree more. I also think that um, all those incidents in New York and Los Angeles and Miami and Chicago and, and basically every urban population in this country, which is primarily where Jews live, um, suffered from anti-Semitic incidents during that 11-day period. And it showed that whether or not Jews want to be part of the Israeli narrative, whether or not American Jews view themselves as part of the state of Israel or not, um, in terms of their relationship, they are. Right. That's the bottom line. We are all part of the the state of Israel and the and 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 Am Yisrael, the the Jewish nation. And so, uh, what happens to children in Sederot actually does have a ripple effect to what happens to children in Miami. And, um, and people eating at restaurants here in Los Angeles and people walking down the street in New York and people going to shul in Chicago, all of that actually spreads around the country. And so to say that, th that we want to separate, that that's the answer um, uh, for 3000 years of history should come to prove us that that separation is actually not only not possible, but should not be desirable for us. We don't want, we shouldn't want to create these divides in the Jewish people. Um, what, what we should want is, 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 is a greater sense of unity. I'll add to that, uh, especially in a post-Holocaust world, you would have thought that that's one of the messages that we Jews would have learned um, from, from what happened. I, I remember a story I heard Michael Bierbaum uh, tell many years ago um, in which he said, uh, he mentioned about a, a, a child on a train to Auschwitz with his parents and the child it says, if coming from France, the child says, Qu'est-ce que c'est juive? What is a Jew? 
In other words, this child didn't even realize it, had never been taught what it means to be a Jew, and yet now that child was being taken to Auschwitz. In other words, the way the world looks at ourselves is exactly as you described, um, without making that distinction between good Zionist and bad Zionist, between those who are critical of Israel and those who are supportive of Israel. We're all in the same boat. Um, and there is both from the external, and the way I like to describe these issues and aspects is the external and the internal factors. External is what uh, the way others view us and the way what other, is done to us. But from an internal perspective, we should be so very proud of what Israel has been able to, to achieve, of the justness of its goals. Again, as everyone knows, Israel, like any country, is not perfect. Um, and there are times when there are uh, uh, things that occur. Um, but I have tremendous faith in the Israeli system of justice, in the Israeli people, in the nature of uh, the, the Israeli society. Um, and so we look at what they've been able to solve as they've been surrounded, and, and, and the fact that they've resisted the temptation uh, to be autocratic uh, uh, in, in a sea of, of, of uh, uh, totalitarian regimes um, is really quite remarkable. And that with all of the attacks upon them, that there still is a free press and that there still are critics within Israel of Israel. Um, it's, it's something that I don't think people quite appreciate and recognize. And I think that's an important part of the equation there. Um, there are correctives within Israeli society um, and, and I have faith in, in, in Israel, in my fellow Jews, in, in, and in the country, and what they've been able to accomplish and what they continue to do. Well, I can't thank you enough for not only founding the, not only for being such a leader on, on the issue of Israel and American Zionism in general, but for founding the um, Zionist Rabbinic Coalition. I just want to remind everybody that the website is zionistrabbis.org. It'll be up at the end of this episode if you'd like to help support the organization. And if you, um, I, I do support the organization. I just want to make that clear. I wouldn't ask anybody to do something that I don't do. And, uh, and I believe in it very much. And I also believe that um, the people have the options, uh, as has always been understood by the Jewish people, to vote. Um, uh, to vote with their feet, to vote with their pocketbook, to vote with uh, their presence. And um, just like the Jewish people, I think, has really expressed an opinion when it comes to uh, a company like Ben and Jerry's, um, and I think that that reaction was warranted, and that and that and that uh, the reaction has been felt and understood. Um, I think the same thing uh, can be said for for these people who have been basically professional critics of the state of Israel. They've be they've made it their passion, and each rabbi has a passion, and each rabbi has a calling card, whether that be a you know a, a, a Talmudic uh, scholar or social justice or Zionist, you know, supporter. And this is a new category, I think, that's developed in the last, you know, let's say uh, 15 years. Um, people and rabbis in particular have become almost seemingly uh, professional critics of Israel. And, uh, and the Jewish people has a way to vote that out as well. Uh, and I think that organizations like the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition is an important first step. I will, uh, and I and I hope that the watch the viewers of this program help uh, the Zionist Rabbinic Coalition help Rabbi Stuart Weinblatt um, uh, advance advance that goal. I will let you have uh, the last word uh, and uh, on the program today. Thank you. 
first of all, the, the, the next to last word is an expression of thanks. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this with, without uh, you, uh, without other colleagues, uh, but your, your voice um, in a prominent LA community is very significant and very meaningful. And so um, it is uh, tremendously appreciated all that you do on behalf of uh, 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 Israel and the Jewish people um, and Jewish unity. So that's first and foremost, and I truly appreciate that as well as our friendship. The last thing I'll say is, um, you know, I, I feel that I don't need to Israel to be perfect for me to love her, nor does Israel need to be perfect in order for me to be a supporter of her. In other words, that that um, Israel, I, I, I don't expect Israel to be perfect. I don't need it to be perfect. Um, I just need it to be Israel. I just need it to be that that homeland, that place where Jewish creativity occurs, where, as I like to say, the Sunday paper comes out on Friday. Um, because of Shabbat, um, that place where we're Jewish creativity, that place which opens its arms to Jews from wherever uh, 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 any oppressed country and, 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 and brings them in and was able to absorb a million Soviet Jews. I remember in the 1980s, all those people in the street corners just playing violin where their kids are now creating startup nations. Somehow Israel was able to do that. We should be proud of that in, in, in this day and age that we live during the time uh, when the state of Israel exists and we dare not we dare not uh, uh, take actions which in any way diminish that, but rather to be supporters and lovers of Israel and of the Jewish people. Because again, the two are, are connected together. When we denigrate, when we lessen that connection to Israel, rabbis need to understand it's gonna go across the board. It's also gonna lessen their connection to Judaism as well as the Jewish people altogether. They are part and parcel. So I hope that our colleagues understand this. We look forward to being able to launch our message even broader. Um, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to have this forum uh, to speak to your wonderful congregation in, in, in LA and to thank you for all you do as well. Thank you. And it's and, and just to explain that even one step further, we wouldn't expect perfection from any member of our family. Nobody would Nobody would make love conditional upon perfection or support conditional upon perfection. And I guess that's that's the way that I try to look at Israel and look at and teach Israel is that Israel is simply our family. Israel is part of our family. Um, Rabbi Weinblatt, the first time I met you uh, and I heard you speak, I thought to myself, this is somebody who would be part of my family. He he would somebody who would easily um, mesh into our, our Shabbos table. Uh, and uh, I really uh, again, thank you for making the time today and joining the rabbi's neighborhood. And uh, God willing, um, I, uh, as everything begins to ease and return back to normal, I look forward to seeing you uh, on the East Coast sometime soon. Oh.